On the Silicon Trail podcast, we look into the latest tech news and businesses, looking for any unique insights or unmet opportunities. This episode was recorded on October 17th, 2021. Our topics for today, the Reynolds trial and GCP. All right, Johnny, time for another episode of Tech to Take. So first topic of the day, Johnny, take it away. According to Gartner, the global public cloud spending is forecast to reach $332 billion in 2021, up from $270 billion. Yep. Yes. B, capital B. And so this week, we saw Google's cloud next annual conference happen where Google has touted new customer wins, great new capabilities that it is providing to these customers. Check this out. Wendy's is getting into the AI game, Michael. Nice. You know why? They're going to leverage Google Cloud to give customers a new digital experience. I can already imagine it. The deliciousness, the deliciousness of a burger and fries. When's the last time you had a Wendy's burger and fries? That's not the point here. Focus. All right. (laughs) This is why they need the AI. This is why they need the AI. There you go. This is how they're going to beat McDonald's and Burger King. They're going to come up on top by leveraging Google Cloud. But Michael, you and I know Google was late to the game. Despite being one of the main internet players and it having the global infrastructure to power their search service, they let what was once only considered an online retailer and enterprisey old school Microsoft take the lead in the burgeoning cloud market. Does Google have a chance of catching up? Your so, Johnny, so Johnny, that's a good question. And the answer, despite my bet for this year, the answer it may surprise you. The answer is yes, Johnny. Now, I don't think they're going to catch up this year, but the answer is yes. Now, why? Google right now is sitting at number three worldwide. Let's take Alibaba. Let's take Tencent out of it. Let's just look at American companies. So we have Amazon 33%, Microsoft 20%, Google 10%. These are all rounded up a little bit. Microsoft's a little bit under 20, Google's a little bit under 10. So it's half of where Microsoft is roughly right now. So we're not probably talking about it overtaking Amazon. We're talking about it overtaking Microsoft. Can it do that? Can it double? In order to be competitive, you need one, the people, and you need two, the plan. So do they have the people? Thomas Carrion came over straight from Oracle. Johnny, he was there for 22 years. You can say whatever the heck you want about Oracle, Johnny, but can you question their market dominance? Can you question their sales dominance? So they have the people. Now, do they have the strategy? How do you attack an industry? Well, I may have competition from incumbents in the traditional space of cloud or new entrants. They're making a bet on, I believe it's called the Anthos uh, system and edge networking. So what does that mean? That means I can bring Google power into my local hardware services for increased privacy, for increased control, and for data security, especially in a growing privacy environment all across the world. So what Google is focusing on is not trying to compete against Amazon head-to-head in their particular space, which by the by, they're still doing a good job of. Sales up over 53% over last year. They're trying to look at what's the future. I, I like I like the take, Michael. I like the take. I think you 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 said it already, right? AWS sits at thirty three percent, Azure around twenty percent, and GCP around ten percent. That's being generous. So 
for you to catch up to, let's say, even Azure, what differentiates you, right? Check this out. Microsoft has really good relationships with C-level executives all over, right? They've had Microsoft uh, Windows for a while. They've had Office for a while. They're a trusted company in the enterprise space. So if a company is looking to get into the cloud, who else would they trust than the company that has been there for them from the get-go? Microsoft stands a good chance there. All the enterprises seem to turn to it. Also, if you're like Walmart and AWS is encroaching your space or Amazon is encroaching your space, you really don't want to be giving the competitor ledge up, right? So you're going to turn to Microsoft. But why would a company turn to Google Cloud? Like, yes, there's now multi-cloud. There's the, hey, I can actually, with these new technologies, not worry about the underlying infrastructure. I can just focus on my applications. That's one of the things they toted this, this week. But that still means a small part. Google Cloud seems to be known for its one-stop shop of AI services. But you and I know the, re- the reality of AI is that it serves only as a small part of the larger stack. So you're going to be a winner in this one space. And let's be clear, they might have been ahead, but AWS has their own AI services. Microsoft has its own AI services. As a matter of fact, going there, serverless, IoT, hybrid, machine learning, these are all the hot spaces, and all of them have something in this. So how is GCP differentiating themselves? You set up my next point. Thank you very much. It's as if I've known you for 10 years and know where you're going to go with this. Uh-huh. So you mentioned Microsoft. And because, yeah, I'm not talking about Amazon. Look, I will gladly I will gladly succeed. Hey, Amazon, I can't compete with them. They're 33%. They're going to be the U.S. market leaders in cloud until the day they're not. But let's talk about Microsoft. And let's talk about those relationships. And let's talk about the entry point for Microsoft in building those relationships, which is Microsoft Office. Outlook, Word, PowerPoint. What else is in Excel? There we go, right? The platforms that everyone is acquainted with and still the selling point or at least the entry point to the Microsoft ecosystem. Johnny, do you plan on buying Microsoft Word anytime soon? My my companies do. Did the kids in school plan on buying Microsoft Office for their home laptops even? Gmail, Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides, that's people's de facto default entry points. It's free, it's accessible, it works on any computer, and that slowly over time as it adopts businesses allows Google to adopt those overall business relationships and entities. You know, Michael, I think you missed your calling. I think you should have been in accounting for GCP. Actually, for Google. Why accounting? Because then, because then you could have counted up all the users from Drive <laughs> and added them to GCP <laughs> and say, look how many people use our services. We are outbeating everyone. That's what you would have done. Listen, That's not listen. a lie. Right. Dude, I see exactly. no lies there. I see no lies there. Well, this is why, listen, this is why Microsoft and, and, and Google roll up all their numbers into one versus AWS has always been its own separate thing. That's because right. AWS has the only, that's because Amazon didn't run on AWS for over 15 years. Larry Ellison once a year will come out and remind people that Amazon is still not 100% on AWS. Last year, what was everyone, what was everyone's mania about, Michael? At the height of the, uh, we're not over it yet, but at the height of the pandemic, it was Peloton and Zoom. Those were the two companies that were at the forefront of this work from home movement. Okay, Microsoft had Skype. Microsoft had Teams. 
I remember when I used to have, I don't even remember its name, MSN Messenger or the Skype before, the thing before Skype, Link, Microsoft Link. Listen. There, there was more. Listen, there was a lot. Listen, there was Yammer. Uh, yeah, the, there was, there was a yeah, whole bunch of things. Exactly. Microsoft had all of these and they had the relationships. They had the relationship. They had the Word, the Office, the PowerPoint, right? When you think of today, I think of PowerPoint. Every, every business executive thinks of PowerPoint. It's not slides, it's PowerPoint, okay? But for the regular worker, this didn't translate to them jumping onto the team's bandwagon, right? Everyone jumped to Zoom. So it's always going to be the superior product and offering that wins. So yes, you're absolutely right. Silicon Trail is on Gmail. My email is on Gmail. I use Drive. Heck, my portfolio is on Google Sheets. But that doesn't mean I'm automatically going to jump to on the GCP bandwagon. I'm going to go with whoever serves me best. Johnny, Johnny Better is... Better product. Is, what type of company is Wendy's again? Uh, fast food? Fast service, right. So it's a fast service company. Does that seem like a traditional tech company, tech conglomerate, major innovation space? You're talking about, well, AI is a small part. Exactly. That's what makes it great. AI is becoming a smaller and smaller footprint and more and more accessible footprint thanks to what GCP is doing. And more and more companies that, frankly, have no idea what the heck AI are is still utilizing it, is still leveraging it. That plus the suite of business productivity that is Google Office, that all together starts to look like a moat. It starts to look like a moat, Johnny, or whatever they call their business suite. Sure. That's not going to get you from 7% to 20%. But yes, you're that might get you Microsoft from 7% to 12%. Hold on. You're imagining Microsoft can keep 20%. Oh, Microsoft is still growing. It's going to expand. So is Google. Google just increased uh, 53% year over year. Listen, when you only have one house and you build another house, you've gone up twice. When you have 1,000 houses and you build 100 houses, you've gone okay. up only 10%. And all these Number, houses, and in all these houses, people use YouTube. Yes, there you go. There all you right, go. all right, Johnny. Let's move on to our second topic for today. All right, Johnny. So <laughs> let's talk about this second topic. What's so funny, Johnny? You sound like a Sesame Street character, and your head is bopping like one. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about, Johnny. This is this is clearly my normal voice. This, really? this, this is this is what I sound like every single day, Johnny. When we're trying, when you're trying to be innovative uh-huh. and save the world, Johnny, uh, uh-huh. you're gonna have haters, and uh-huh. some people will hate your fake voice that you put on. Uh-huh. But anyways, yes, Johnny. <laughs> so of course, we're talking about for our second topic, U.S. versus Elizabeth Holmes. So Elizabeth Holmes, of course, is the disgraced former CEO of Theranos. And she is currently on trial for defrauding investors or for multiple counts of wire fraud for defrauding investors, partners, and the general public on the efficacy of Theranos blood testing systems. We're now in week six. It's been a tumultuous, let's say, trial as is. And there's still about 10 weeks left. But Johnny, how do you think this whole trial is going to shake out? All right. Holmes is on the hook. Go to prison for 20 years. I say mm-hmm. she's going to go to t- for 10. Then she's probably negotiate her way down to like five. Okay. And maybe with some community service. But she's going to prison. She right. is going to prison. Yes. Lock absolutely. Her up. Absolutely. absolutely. Right. She took away a lot. She took a lot of money from people that needed it. And then she wasted it. And she did. And she was the Adam Newman before Adam Newman. Okay. 
Is Adam Newman in prison? No, he walked away with billions. <laughs> All right. All right. Johnny, Johnny, were you in the United States during the OJ trial? No, I was not. Uh, I was yeah, going to say I, don't, I was born, but I was born. Yeah, I don't know how the OJ trial shook out internationally. I, I kind of figured that the rest of the world, Europe especially, didn't, just didn't care about it. But Johnny, Johnny Cochran, who was the famous lead lawyer for OJ, is going to smile down from, from heaven upon the, upon the result of this particular trial because Elizabeth Holmes is not going to see a day in white collar prison or in real prison. White I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why. Well, it's what it is white collar prison. I mean, white collar prison is a bit different, right? So, Elizabeth Holmes, much like O.J. Simpson, Elizabeth Holmes has privilege. I'm talking about a type of privilege that she has in terms of celebrity privilege. So, we got Jennifer Lawrence playing Elizabeth Holmes in a movie coming up. We have a documentary about Elizabeth Holmes. We have the cult of girl boss. Let's be frank and honest. If OJ did what he allegedly, and actually not even allegedly because he was acquitted, he didn't do it. <laughs> he was he was completely <laughs> innocent. If he did what people thought... But he thought, was accused of. Yes, what he was accused of doing. Oh. And he wasn't a celebrity. He wasn't a former football player of Syracuse and uh, I forget where he played in NFL. No one would that that dude would have never even seen trial let's be honest so elizabeth holmes has celebrity on her side you know what else she has on her side johnny she has the fact that no one understands what any of this stuff means if no one understands what any of this stuff means there's blood tests there's uh, immunoglobin assays there's all these different things all these terms and words being thrown around no one understands what it means, and further, no one cares who it affects because the general public wasn't hurt. So who was hurt? She raised $1.4 billion, according to Crunchbase, from Walgreens, from Safeway, from big, rich billionaires like Tim Draper and Rupert Murdoch and Larry Ellison, from VC firms like ATA and Partner Fund and Fortress. So she took money from billionaires who are used to throwing away money to begin with, and she didn't succeed in what she wanted to do. So who was hurt? She's a celebrity who didn't ultimately hurt nobody. So she's not going to see a day in prison. So the fact that nobody knows about this technology, how did she raise that much money if nobody knew about the technology? So the people that greenlit this, the people whose money was wasted here, the people that they turned to, the experts, they can come on trial and explain to the jurors what this technology is. These scientists can give their... Explain to me is like I'm five explanation to these jurors and tell them what do all these fancy terms and all this technology meant with the potential it had. How well is that working for the vaccine rollout? Listen, this is a smaller population, handpicked. Uh-huh. It's in Northern California. With some level of intelligence. Listen, she's going to negotiate this down, right? Because there was mislead. There was misleading of statements, of reports. Heck, her boyfriend... Who's now, she's claiming manipulated her, which is a whole other podcast show. <laughs> Apparently hired his dermatologist to be an on-call consultant as their director of lab. What? This is a company that raised hundreds of millions of dollars? And you have a dermatologist who has no idea about pathology take over? If, if you're actually doing your research and not just enamored by her deep voice, what else do you say this? 
So let's talk about another privilege. We talked about celebrity privilege. We talked about educational privilege. Let's talk about another privilege that Miss Holmes has. She's being defended by Williams and Connolly. Do you know who Williams and Connolly has defended historically? So let's let's go down the list. So William and Connolly defended Bill Clinton during his impeachment trial. They ran the Enron trial. They defended Vioxx, which is that drug that caused heart attacks with Merck. They defended Oliver North in Iran-Contra. They have represented Obama's, Clinton's, Bush's, Palin's, and Cheney's. Williams and Connolly is the number one white-collar legal uh, team in the entire country with over 300 of the best and most selective lawyers on staff. And that is who we have defending Elizabeth Holmes. She has the best legal team, literally the best legal team money can buy. Now, you may ask, where does this money come from? Doesn't matter. She has the literal best legal team that money can buy defending her. This woman is it's, not going to see a day in prison, fair or not. It's the remainder of the money she raised for her company. Oh, you know it's her not. legal defense. Oh, you know that's not where the money is coming from. But anyways. Last I checked, Enron no longer exists. When the Wall Street big crash happened, who went to prison? No one. There was like one person. There was one exactly. person. There was a scapegoat that was thrown under the bus wasn't for even the trillions well, of dollars. It wasn't anyone from the major areas. Nope. 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 Just someone from one of the small banks that was so it's gonna be her boyfriend. given up as a sacrificial limp. No. Yeah. No, listen. Focus. Focus. All right. So when and a lot of regular Joe Schmoes and Jane Doe's were affected in this, right? A lot of the wealthy people were fine because they already knew the system. The, the, the banks got away with it and the hedge funds got away with it and the insurance companies got away with it and the CEOs of all these folks, right? So at the end of the day, if you target the rich, bad things happen to you in the land of America. And she took money from the rich. There's going to be hell to pay. So, like I said, maybe not 20 years of fraud charges. She'll come to some kind of agreement, but she will go to prison. All right. It might be 30 days. I'm lowering it as we go through this conversation. It might be 30 days. She might take a vacation with, 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 with 15 uh, days of house arrest. So she spends 15 might, days in vacation in white-collar prison. Yes, it might, be, it might be house arrest in her parents' mansions, one of them. Maybe by the beach. But she's being punished. That is my line. House arrest seems right. Not going to see a day in prison. All right, we'll see in about 10 to 20 to three years who knows how long all right johnny before we head out let's take a look at our portfolios so right. johnny for me this week your biggest uh, winners and losers alibaba was up four percent this week it's recovering etsy was up four percent square was up four percent shopify was up four percent octo was up eleven percent twilio was up ten percent things are rebounding this particular week johnny no a very good particular reason but things are rebounding this week and optimism so the jobs claim in the u.s came in our jobless claim and it was the lowest since the beginning of the pandemic people are getting optimistic and the portfolios are going back up i'm up 2.6 percent i let's see bill leading with 7.9 percent up snowflake up six percent and uh actually several of the companies you mentioned square shopify uh, Etsy are also in my portfolio and they're also up. So overall good. 
I went from two weeks ago being in the negative and without making any change, two weeks later, I'm up in the positive. That's, yep. that's the market for you. That's uh, how things go. That's how things go. I, I did have a recent disappointment, which is I, I tried to get into BABA, but because we're limited to what ARK in, invests in, Kathy You can no longer get into believed. BABA. Exactly. I couldn't get into BABA. I was disappointed because they're doing well See? now. See, that dollar I put into BABA during the uh-huh. last literal time I could, that, that's paying off. That's paying off for me now. All right. So with that, that's another episode of the Silicon Trail Podcast. Have a wonderful week and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening.